What's up, guys? This is Cade, and I'm here with Jack, and this is our fourth episode of This Is Cinema, where we will be discussing the movie Southpaw. So let's get into it. All right, and for those of you who haven't strung it together yet, this is our first non-superhero movie, so we finally beat the superhero movie-only podcast allegation. So <laughs> big, big accomplishment for us today. But um, Southpaw, so 2015, if you haven't seen it, it's a popular film, but it's not as popular as anything we've done. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen it or you're trying to figure out what it's about. So 2015, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, a boxer, and the director is Antoine Fuqua, a tough name to say. And I was unfamiliar with this guy beforehand, but he actually has directed quite a few films. He's directed all the Equalizer things. Um, He directed The Magnificent Seven. And he was a co-director of Bullet Train, which is a movie that I absolutely love. Kate, I think you like that one too, right? Yeah, great movie. Um, I would start talking about Jake Gyllenhaal, but that's a rabbit hole. You know, that's a rabbit hole for me. So I'll let whatever note you want to start on. All right. So I'm a big fan of boxing movies in general. And what stood out to me in this one that differentiated it from maybe like the Rocky or the Creed movies is it felt so realistic and down to earth. Like it felt like a story that could actually happen in yes. real life. And I just, I don't know. It just felt different to me. I, I don't really know how to explain it, but. There was definitely a lot of emotion in this one. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is the, obviously the acting is where a lot of the emotion comes from. But also the directing style is how you really get emotion into a movie. So that's why I started off this podcast talking about the director that I wasn't even aware of. So big shout out to him because I think Jake Gyllenhaal made this movie what it was. But I think that Fuqua definitely did some good work in this movie. Yeah. It just feels much more grounded, whereas like the Rocky or Creed movies, everything's like always on a high or like a peak. Right. But the and emotions then, and, in this one really came out. And Rocky Four, when Creed dies, it's not even that like sad, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, once you get to Creed One, though, it you know you start to feel emotion, and a lot of that is you know movies over the years and how they've evolved. But that is what this movie nails that no other boxing movie has done is the emotion. Yeah, it's not like the fights are the main parts of the movie, even. They're just kind of like there, but they're just as important as everything else, which I think works perfectly. Yeah. And um, speak of the fights, I just want to talk about the directing style on those. Um, During the movie, you have the camera in the ring and the boxers are punching towards the camera and the camera's kind of moving around, dodging the punches. And it's like kind of corny to watch, but those scenes were like it made you feel like you were there that's what this movie does mm-hmm. it makes you feel like you're inside their universe yeah and it's yeah. the little things like that that do it you feel like you're in the fight almost yeah i hadn't thought about that part but for sure definitely directing props there yeah and i can't give enough acting props i think jake Hall in this movie was 
definitely a top 20 acting performance I've seen. The pure emotion this dude had when, obviously, spoiler, if you ever click on our episodes, the, <laughs> like, and don't expect spoilers, our episodes are filled with spoilers. So when his wife dies to uh, Miguel Escobar, it wasn't Miguel Escobar, though. It was his friend with a gun. Yeah, it, but, was, it was one of his goons. But it was, it was Miguel Escobar. So yeah. I, I just say that he killed her. So when Miguel killed her, that scene, dude, was, I mean, that stole the entire movie that one scene did. Mm-hmm. And then obviously right after that, he goes home and you see the raw emotion of him like breaking everything. And it made me think about like what it would be like to watch my wife get murdered, you know? Yeah. And then he goes and gets the gun and he's about to go try and kill the guy who killed her. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. much emotion in this film. And they really built it up like she was his everything, you know? Like mm-hmm. they were together yeah. and I it's they were together in high school, I believe. Well, they started off in the home together because they were both in the foster care system. Right. Yes, so she right. was like his rock through everything. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. It's pretty well hinted at that, like, she is the one that kind of does most of the stuff because he says that he chooses the fights for, like, He's he's she's really the person pulling all the strings and not in a manipulative way. Like it's to help him out because obviously in the movie, um, Billy Hope is not that smart. Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah, there's one scene late in the movie when he's trying to when he finally gets his daughter back, and the daughter's talking about how uh, his wife said that they were the ones who had to take care of. Uh, jake's character so that really goes to show how much she was more his caretaker than anything like she was everything to him so yeah and that scene like i kind of i kind of want to pause the podcast right now and just turn on my tv and rewatch that scene because it is so gut-wrenching and like the crying and it is if you haven't seen this scene Go on YouTube right now. Like, click on, like, pause this podcast. Go on YouTube. Look up South Pot. What was the wife's name? Wife death. Wife death scene. Just look it up and you will know exactly what we're talking about. If you get anything from this episode, I want that to be what you get from it. How good that scene was. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. Let's talk about some other good parts of the movie, other than Jake Gyllenhaal and that single scene. Um, a really underrated character from this movie is Billy Hope's daughter, and Iona Lawrence was who played her. And I think I don't know how old the actress was, but I mean she was under fourteen, right? Yeah, for sure. Like she was young, and I think she did a really good job because. Obviously, Billy has this huge downfall after his wife dies, goes crazy. She gets sent to a foster home. And I think that she nailed it in the scenes where, um, you know, she's mad at Billy because it's his fault that she's in there. And she had all this before. And she also lost her mom. And Billy's acting like he's the only one that lost anything. And I think she nailed it for being so young. Yeah. The whole arc where Billy really has to learn to 
like work to get her back and then earn her trust and respect again. That whole arc is great because it also contrasts with his like boxing training, and so it's just like a dichotomy there that works really well, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it might have happened a little fast once he finally got her back. It kind of seemed like they were fine right after that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I I liked it. I did like it. I thought it worked well. It made sense. She just wanted to be with her dad, and she was mad she wasn't. So she got back with him, and she was fine. Yeah, a a couple of parts were a little fast, like you were saying, but that's really my only complaint with it. I mean – it's not like you could have stretched it out much more anyways, so. Yeah. Um, so, one thing is Miguel Escobar, played by Miguel Gomez. I know I've already given a lot of uh, praise to this movie, but he did a great job playing the villain, I thought. I like, think... he was he wasn't corny, he wasn't cheesy... When he was on screen, I genuinely did not like him. You're playing your role to the right, like to the right part, you know. Yeah, him, and also Fifty Cent's character, the way he like turned on Billy, you know. Yes. I, I thought that was a that was a good secondary antagonist as well, because he goes from, you think he's a trustworthy guy and he's there to help Billy and do everything for him, but then as soon as he messes up he's gone and he's switched sides. So, and 50 did a really good job too. So yeah, 50 did good. Everyone in this movie did good. Yeah. But part of that is another thing that makes this movie feel so real is that happens all the time in every single business Mm -hmm. in the world. For sure. And you know, 50 keeps saying, I don't know his character's name. 50 cent keeps saying that it's nothing personal, man. It's nothing personal. And obviously it feels personal because, you know, in Billy's mind, this dude just killed his wife. But, I mean, it's business, you know. This guy has to make money. 50 Cent has to make money. So he goes and he helps this guy out. Like, that's how the world works. And that's what makes this movie. Yeah. I think another underrated character is um, Billy's, like, mentor. I forget what his name is. Uh, uh, the one that The one that trains him? Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name either. Yeah, but I really liked their connection, and then uh, Billy's connection with Hoppy, who ends up dying. He's like the the boy who comes in and trains with yes, him. Yes, yes, small role, forgettable role, but yeah. he did good in that. But then it's like super emotional, and then Billy and his mentor connect after they find out that Hoppy has died. So it's like super small elements that like really all come together to make this a really great film. So And these are these are the type of movies that I like where you have a really good actor. For those of you you might have caught this on the last podcast, but when we were talking about um Far From, Far Home, from Home, but uh Jake Gyllenhaal is my favorite actor. I think he can do no wrong. I've never seen a bad movie out of or let me take that back. I've never seen a bad performance out of him. Like, there was no movie I watched that it was his fault that the movie was bad. He's always done great. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> but I could talk about... Yeah. Anyways, speak of Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, 
I think this is a top three movie of his acting wise. I think what he would brings... be what would be the other two? Well, I really like him in Nightcrawler. Yeah. Um, Great film. Yeah, I would love to do a podcast on Nightcrawler. Maybe a little bit down the line after this one, but um, yeah, that's Nightcrawler is one of my top five movies ever. But in Southpaw, the reason we did Southpaw, well. Well, the reason we did Southpaw <laughs> was this was actually going to be a Knives Out slash, slash Glass Onion episode, but we had to call a last second Audible because... Yeah, we, we realized we didn't really have any substance to talk about. I mean, those are good movies, but they're not really movies you can talk about. So well, one, one of them's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other's mid, but um, yeah, so that's the reason we did this. But another reason we did this was because of how awesome, well, not awesome this movie made you feel, because of how awful this movie made you feel, which <laughs> means that this movie's a really good movie. Yeah. I think but, the soundtrack is really underrated, I'm not going to lie. Just how it makes you feel, like, sorrow yeah, and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, like, as a standalone album or anything, but it matched the tone of the film perfectly. I agree. Um, but you asked me what movies I thought he acted really well in. That's where I was. Was yeah. um, Nightcrawler? I think he played that great. Um, I don't know if you've seen Prisoners. No, it's on my list. Yeah, that's like a must-watch. You need to watch that one. Um, and Far From Home. I think he's one of the few good things about that movie. I think he really, really carried that movie. Yeah, he, but, he was. Yeah films right now i think that this was his best acting performance ever which is saying a lot for my favorite actor so yeah big big fan of his role in this movie yeah i think i think he was perfect in this role i'm not gonna lie okay um one thing about the actual boxing within the movie is a lot of times in boxing movies it's the underdog story, right? There's usually a, in almost every boxing movie that's good, the protagonist is the underdog and the antagonist is supposed to win. Follows that, that's fine, whatever. But what the underdog usually has, or the protagonist usually has on the antagonist is they know how to fight better, they're cleaner, like, they're a lot smarter when they fight. But what this movie establishes is that Billy is actually like a heavy hitter. He doesn't defend ever. He's just super mm-hmm. powerful. And that's how he wins. And um, Miguel Escobar is like a very rounded, a very smart fighter. He's quick. He's smaller than Billy is, which is funny because usually it's the other way around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I like how this movie was able to like kind of switch the roles and it's like hey we're gonna make our protagonist not like we're gonna make him like a real boxer you know we're not gonna make him like every other protagonist where they're smaller but they're quicker and they're smarter like he's just a big yeah. dude that hits well then part of his arc too is learning to become a better fight like a better more skilled fighter Right, that's his training. Being able to defend, point. yeah, being able to defend, move his feet. Yeah, 
which I think I think is good development for sure. Yeah, and that that's that's a good point. And the infight, obviously, he defends, and it ends up winning the fight for him. So I'm just saying that was a very very good way to portray the character. Again, it made this movie seem real. This is one of the realest feeling movies I've ever watched. I don't know about you. I felt so drawn into this movie. This is a movie I could watch five times in a month before I got tired of it. I don't know about that much, but yeah, I I did really enjoy this film as well. All right. Well, do you have any final closing out thoughts? Uh, Not particularly. Actually, I do have one. It's kind of a little bit irrelevant, but my headcanon is that this film takes place in the Rocky universe. There's literally no cues to make you think that, but it's just fun for me to believe that. So that's what I believe. Is Billy Hope a heavyweight? He's a heavyweight, right? Uh, I think he is. But this w- I f- feel like this film would like perfectly fit in between like the Rocky era and the Creed era. So I don't know. I feel like it would work. All right, well, if we're just making up canon now, we'll say that Billy's a heavyweight and he passed the belt to whoever got it before Adonis. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Rocky, Creed, great movies. Not what we're here to talk about right now. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I really like this switch-up style of a boxing movie that felt real. Good movie. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna give it eight and some decimal. I don't know what that would be, but yeah, same, same range. So, yeah, great movie. Good job by Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, are you good? Yeah, kind of a shorter episode this week, but because of the audible, we kind of had to. So we'll we'll see y'all next week. See y'all guys. But.